When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, and guys, uh, we are about two weeks away for being in Indianapolis for the start of Big Ten Media Days. Buckle up. And about two and a half weeks away from the start of fall camp. So we've, we've practically made it. And I'll tell you what. Beautiful. You know who I wouldn't want to be right now Whew. is Northwestern. Because you think about where we're at, getting ready to get into fall camp, cover fall camp. Mm-hmm. Well, Northwestern, as you guys know, um, this week fired their head football coach, Pat Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. after initially suspending him for two weeks. Um, and then a student newspaper report comes out that leads to him being fired um, after the president and the board already conducted their initial event- investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about, I mean, we've seen a lot of messes in this league over the years with different scandals and things happening all the way back to Penn State, uh, Zach Smith. You know, at Ohio State with Urban Meyer, and you could argue Urban Meyer was pretty much pushed out because of that. Like, good point. He, good point. He, Sean. like, no, he, it was rough. He he was pushed out. Like, he he negotiated his exit to allow Ryan Day an audition. Then he finished out the year, got that Rose Bowl, and then he was done. Um, after the Zach Smith situation, Pat Fitzgerald obviously did not get the the Urban Meyer exit at Ohio State. He he was shown the door immediately. And now we're going to be in for a long, ugly legal battle in Evanston and a lot of questions. And, and really, you know, their season already wasn't going to be very good on paper. And, you know, th- this could be an 0-12 team. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, that's just a small part of the discussion. Like what kind of season they got, are they going to have? It's a small part because there's, there's two things that come to mind readily that are much bigger. He was fired with cause, number one. Pat Fitzgerald was fired with cause. Okay, he's due forty-two million. He's lawyered up. What I wonder is what, like, what grounds does he have? Like, if this stuff is true, and it looks like, I mean, there's there's a minimum of eleven players that have come forward. Most most of them anonymously, but I don't know what what grounds he has to fight this necessarily. And then the other thing, why Sean? Why I say this is much bigger than wins and losses. I'm, I'm interested in what you guys think. I just thought of it when Sean was talking. How much differently do you look at Northwestern's program now? I mean, it got turned on its ear, you know, just since Friday. You used to look at it as like a plucky little underdog program that, you know, it, they're a good story all the time. It's a kind of a cute story. Well, not now. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of media cheerleaders because a lot of these national media guys went to school there. Pretty hardcore, so, Sean, but you're right. I mean, so yeah, it's not wrong. They, no, they had wrong. a lot of, you know, when anything kind of went well for them, yeah. they had a loud voice always behind yeah, them. Darren Ravel would be in a full Northwestern Michael football Wilbon. uniform running around on the practice facility. Like the, a cheerleader is the right, great word for it. Michael Wilbon wearing a jersey. All positive, no negative. So now, now how do you look at it? I mean, you don't know, and I don't expect you to – you don't really know because it's so fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Just the Fitzgerald pieces, you, he was a very appealing character, right? He was Northwestern football. He was, a, he was godlike. I mean, he built that program. Yeah, in that area, he was godlike. Yeah, like obviously they had success, but from what he was able to do for Northwestern football, just in terms of not only on the field, but getting people to – invest financially and build that practice facility and get the green light for that stainy of the Ryan family. I mean, like they, they changed the landscape of Northwestern athletics uh-huh. and therefore the prestige of Northwestern as a university from a national perspective, obviously their academics have always been there, but then the athletics part to it, 
was right there. He was a and, big part of that. Yeah, and so like losing him, I don't know if any of these names that are getting thrown around was David Shaw or Mike Kafka no. or whoever. Can anybody do that? I don't know. Can anybody be that face of a program like Northwestern that has so many built-in hurdles with, with their academic standards and with with the, the the makeup of their alumni and their donors? Like huh. that's a very fine line you have to walk to be successful at that job. And Fitzgerald did as well as anybody. Can anybody come close yeah. to doing it the way he? None did? of those guys played for Northwestern. No. Was a two-time. I think he's. I think he was a two-time national player of the year. Buckus. Buckus. Okay, two-time Buckus winner. He was a star player in ninety. Played in the Ro- on a team that went to the Rose Bowl. Right. So there's that, and then he, you know, he succeeded Randy Walker, who was his mentor, and Randy Walker was a very successful coach at Northwestern. So yeah, the story was so okay. The story was so perfect up until Friday. Mm-hmm. It and was it, what you wanted the Scott Frost story to be here if you were a Nebraska fan. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of. Yeah, it you was. You know, I mean, Golden Boy basically. comes back home, Yeah, takes his team, and he's, and he's a Chicago guy, too. He grew yeah, up. and he was immensely popular. Now it's, now what? Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, again, I wouldn't expect a Northwestern fan to really answer it because I imagine they're shell-shocked. Yeah. Right? This is all very fresh. There hasn't been a press conference. Jeez. Well, well they, you know, there hasn't. No, yet. there's just been player meetings. Yeah, player and, meetings. You know, the meet, it's not like here. I mean, there, there isn't, you know, big groups of meeting. Now, now there might be, but normally, <laughs> yeah. like, I can remember a year ago, we're getting ready to go to Ireland. Okay. And that seems like 10 years ago, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I talked to Louis Vakir from Wildcat Report, okay. one of the main voices of Northwest. He's like, yeah, there's just a couple students, me and another fan website guy. And that are going to Ireland? No. Well, that went. Uh, only Louis and a couple of the students went to Ireland to that, cover the team. To cover the team on this trip, Louis and a couple students, and that was it. Imagine that at Nebraska, Sean and a couple students. Nebraska media was like thirty deep, right, flying across yeah. the Atlantic Ocean. We after. sent four of us to go cover Channel Seven. Sent three. <laughs> okay, so our our crew had seven just by itself, and in Northwestern. This had, you know, people kind of making a vacation out of it. Oh, and we'll go to the football game. Yeah, you know? Channel 7 sent Rob McCartney, mm-hmm. who's like an icon. Yeah, he's the dude. Yeah. Imagine if this game was happening this year. Nebraska, <laughs> North Can you? And, and, and all of a sudden, you got to go to Ireland under this. It's a mess I wouldn't have wanted to be. Boy, the, I, the Irish Times, Robin, would have had a field day on yes, this one. Yes, they would have. The columns would have been scathing. Remember that Irish Times yeah. on Frost? I mean, they just unload. I don't even know. It was know. like some US, ba- U.S. based freelance guy wrote a column about like the underbelly of Nebraska football. And like they published it like days before the kickoff out there to like try to say, like, you know, that this isn't some feel good story. Nebraska's a villain type thing. And it went viral around Nebraska fans for a couple days. And they smashed him on Twitter. And that was about it. Typical. Yeah. So, no, no, you're right, though. It had been really odd this year, really uncomfortable. But anyway, it's a mega story. I mean, it's the, the, the complication is it was Michael Schill, the, the Northwestern president, originally levied a two week suspension on Pat Fitzgerald. It went from a two week suspension yeah. to he's fired. Without talking to any players. Like, that's kind of like the bigger ripple effect. I mean, obviously, from a football standpoint, and like we talk about athletic department standpoint, it's huge. But just the leadership, not oh, only yeah. at the athletic department level, oh, yeah. but even higher up. Oh yeah, it's a, it like, was they tried to sweep this under the rug with I a think little Friday did. news dump, hoping it would go away. And <laughs> the irony of a school that stands on the table for its journalism program, their football program is brought down by some student journalists who actually talked to some players and got mm-hmm. a couple of them on record, some off the record. And literally got a, the the hero of Northwestern football fired. Guys, think about this huge angle too. Yeah, you know your your in house student publication, mm-hmm. which is a renowned journalism program. They're the ones driving the story that's going to cost the school they go to hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, it, it's thirty for thirty. Yep. Netflix. I mean, so this this is a story that people, when it's fully told, they're going to want to tell. Um, because there's a lot there that's already been uncovered and proven um, just in a week that we don't know. I go back to Fitzgerald and his what he said in his – he made a statement. It was a long statement, but part of what he said is 99% of the student-athletes who have passed through this program had a positive experience. Now, the question I would have on that is, is it 99? Is it really 99? 
I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like it now. And I, I, you know, yesterday in reading all this stuff, I keep, I kept kind of having to remind myself, no, what happened? It looks like stuff happened, and it's horrifying. It's stuff that you can't say. I don't think Sean or you guys could say, "Sip, come on, that stuff happens in programs." No, not to that level of organization. No, where like the no, they it have doesn't. It written on the whiteboard in the locker yeah. room of players that are going to get hazed because of the mistakes they made. Yeah, and, you and have there's video of coaches doing the Shrek clap right during games, like on the sideline when a player screws up. You have the coaches doing the clap right, like. Right. I don't even want to get into anything on, called the car wash, and that's all I'll say. Like that, I mean, it's no, that doesn't happen. That, I mean, we all played athletics. You know, we were involved in various yeah. athletic teams in high school. I, ne- I never experienced anything remotely like yeah, that. Yeah, we had some rogue weirdos, but like it was not, that was it. Like it was yeah. just some guys that were just a holes. You know, yeah. like that that was it. Not guys, to this level. You had guys that like wouldn't wash their practice gear yeah, like the whole like, that. like the whole year, right. and it, the the smell of their. Their jersey would be so yeah. stiff. And, I mean, that's not hazing. <laughs> no, that's not hazing. But, right. like, just gross, weird crap. No, right. I mean, nothing like this. Well, yeah, and, I mean, not to – I don't want to get into the, the sexual aspects, but Roman – Ramon Diaz, I think was his name, is a, was an offensive lineman from 2005 to 2008 and who's still in therapy for what he went through in the locker room. That he still – and he, he, he turned himself away from the sport of football for five years – because of his experience there. Now, some people will say, oh, that, okay, simple, way to go. You just picked out one guy. Well, he was on the record. Mm-hmm. He went on the record. He's one of the few people that went on the record to talk about, and, and he corroborated mm-hmm. what happened in the locker room, what, what was the hazing parts of the story. He said, yeah, I mean, that stuff happened. It's been corroborated through enough people that I'd say, Fitz, you're in trouble. I mean, you're, this is your legacy, and it's tarnished. He'll try to protect his legacy. Not only that, but he'll try to get as much as that forty-two million as he can. Can he get? Can he get half of it? I mean, My that, God, Sean, I wouldn't think so. I yeah, I just don't know what ground. Like you mentioned, I don't know what his ground is to stand on. Like right. especially when we talked about the level, like the coaches were all in on it, which. The fact that they're retaining all those coaches, like, oh, they're just innocent bystanders through all this. Yeah, right. You got to have somebody coach the I team. Yes, but like, all right, the head coach was the only one run. Right, he was the only one named in I the report. He was I the only one named in the report. I, I know their I, hands are tied, though. If, yeah. they, if this happened in March, maybe you could do everything over. Right, Rob. Yeah. So that's okay. So what what Rob's referring to is they've retained the assistants, all of the assistants, mm-hmm. to coach the team this year. If you think about it, now. You just got to think through the mechanism. If you're going to fire all those guys, who are you bringing in? Yeah, I know. And you're three weeks away from camp. Yeah, you just got to get through this fall is basically yeah. what they're looking at. Yeah. So, yeah. And no, I agree with I you. get it, but. There are guys on that staff that knew what was going on. Obviously. Will, right. They will walk the, by it on the whiteboard every single day. Right. Will they go through <laughs> with the new stadium? Will the Ryan family, yeah, who is funding this $800 million yeah. project. That's what I wonder. Like, I mean. It was set to tear down the stadium, and then they were going to play their games in Soldier Field and then Wrigley Field, and the Cubs were done with baseball for the year. Will that plan move forward, or are they just yeah, going to I, have to? I think it will. Because if they don't move forward to that plan, that's a setback. I think you have to – I think the university leadership, not only in-house, but donors, uh, prominent alumni, Rally. they can't let this totally waylay the program. I think they have to – I think the leaders have to say, all right, no, we're not going to – we're going to go th- – through with this stuff that's just me my question is though with the people that are supplying that money you know, how are they viewing this? it's one family well, well yeah. that's a good question and you know northwestern's different here's this the, isn't the sec this isn't uh you know the the big football minded programs can you can you view it unfavorably of course you i think you can view it unfavorably and simultaneously still support the program I think that's but to, to the level that they're currently being supported or were being I supported. I think you to, could. to where they're spending more money on athletics than they ever have in university history. Yeah, but the Big Ten's giving them more money than it. ever yeah, before. I, get that. I, I mean, get they're going to be getting close to a hundred million eventually from the Big Ten. So, okay, but that's not donor money. It's and, one donor though. I've heard it's, a lot of. Yeah, I mean, they have a T Boone Pickens type donor essentially there. It's, the Ryan. You say donors, it's one donor that's basically funding the facility they just built, the stadium. There are other people that contribute, but the mega donor is on everything there. I wonder. I wonder. I mean, I, 
it's always been sports is secondary there, or not, maybe not even secondary, maybe down down further down down the line further. But it's still a big hit to that institution. My God, no and doubt. it's not over. I mean, essentially, Fitzgerald guaranteed that it's not over by Lorner Lorner with up. a big name lawyer. Yeah. yeah, only just begun. Yeah. All right, when we come back, uh, recruiting rankings updated on on three. Uh, we'll break down where Nebraska and some of their pl- prospects fell on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Great discussion, guys, on Northwestern in that situation. I'm sure it won't be the last discussion we have about What's brewing in Evanston? Um, but want to get on this. The rankings on on three have been updated, and you know we have our industry ranking, which is all the rankings combined into one. Um, but there's an on three component to our rankings as well, which carries a big piece in that industry ranking. And we did our going into the season update, and there are definitely some notable bumps for Nebraska in the industry or, or in the on three rankings. Uh, I think most notably the running back recruit Kiwan Lacey mm. now was a three star. Now he's in the top 300 at 298, 25th best running back in the country. Now a four star running back, Kiwan Lacey, Steve Sipple out of Lancaster, Texas. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I've watched this film a couple times. He's an interesting player to me because he looks he looks like a some of the Nebraska running backs of of the past, and he's very downhill oriented. Very, he you know he runs out of the shotgun for his team, so you you have to look kind of closely to see that downhill part of him. But it's there. It's very intriguing to me what he's going to look like running behind a fullback. He's a tough runner, is what he is. I, I, they say he's got big time speed. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily show up on film all the time, but his toughness shows up all the time. On three, though, as you can see, the only one of the four services that currently has him as a four star. Um, Rivals has him as a high three, right on the border of being a four. Um, but the positional rankings really jump out. We have him at 25 and on three. The next closest is ESPN at 42. So Charles Power, the rankings team, really high on what they've seen from Kiwan Lacey. Um, another bump to the four-star club, Carlon Jones, the defensive mm. lineman out of Bay City, Texas, south of Houston, um, teammates in high school with current Nebraska 2023 wide receiver Bryce Turner. He goes from number 473 to now number 258, Mm. and he's now a four-star. So Carlon Jones, a four-star on on three. Rivals has him as a high three. Um, 24-7 still has him more as a middle three-star guy, but look at that. 25th now defensive lineman in the country. Um, Not yet an industry-rated four-star, nor is um, Kiwan Lacey because the other services still have him as threes, but – major jump and this is a really good sign for the evaluation of the staff and how they evaluate that they saw this before the ranking was even on this guy i think this is what matt rule and the staff have hung their hat on for a long time is and and how much pride they take in their ability to identify Mm -hmm. under the radar talent and so you get these kids that no one's even heard of before sometimes you have to make profiles for them when you offer them Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. but then they quickly vault into the national discussion and the, the guys you mentioned are prime examples of that of guys that were fringe prospects from a national you know recruiting standpoint but nebraska saw past that they saw how not only they would fit in their screen but what they could develop into long term and so uh, maybe this is uh changing the narrative of when you commit to nebraska you drop in the rankings because you got guys that are uh coming out of nowhere into the national spotlight after becoming huskers this has to be a terrence Knighton guy right Oh, yeah, Houston area, D-line. Knighton was big. I mean, because a lot of teams wanted Carlon Jones. He was at Oklahoma State for a visit, Cal. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't like Nebraska just 
took him like a camp guy that they got with one offer. I mean, he had a lot of... This is a good pull, and now it'd be nice to see that continue. This is where you get your good D lineman in the South. I mean, this is a little more West. It's the Southeast is where the best defensive linemen are. But this is a good sign. You got you got to go get them, too. I mean, hey, people always ask me, what's it got to happen for Nebraska to get back to where it's at? I always say, and this is a little bit micro, but it's got to start up front on both sides. And that's that's where they've been a little deficient. Mario Buford um, goes in our rankings. Uh, he went from number 374 to now in the top 300 and on three. He's at 204. So Mario Buford out of DeSoto, Texas, there he is. Um, brother of Marquise Buford, uh, squarely now in the on three top 300, which that's a pretty big jump for him. Uh, Carter Nelson, and you know this is where you get critical rankings if you're a fan. Carter Nelson goes from number fifty nine to number seventy seven, hmm. and it's going to happen. I mean, that, that's how. I mean, Dylan Raiola fell again to now the number two ranked quarterback in the country and the number eleventh ranked player in the in the top one hundred. I mean, it's it's very very hard to just keep moving up in rankings, mm-hmm. and when other people do move up, guess what, guys? Somebody has to move down, mm-hmm. and I, I think for Car- Carter Nelson. I don't want to say this hurt him, but he didn't have a great spring because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. When I say great spring, I mean track. Mm-hmm. You know, if he would have just freakishly put out huge marks on the track all spring, maybe that holds his spot there. But you know, he had an okay spring. Um, you know, but didn't have anywhere near his PRs because of the ankle injury. Some people, and I actually heard a local commentator talk about this the other day. How does Dylan Rayola drop without playing? Other players rise. Okay. And is this, is this camp stuff and seven um, on yeah, seven? Yeah, I mean, evaluations and other things happen. So yeah. Did these happen before or after the Elite 11? Um, after. After. Okay, see, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like camps figure into this a little bit. And Grant Bricks took a huge jump, by the way. Alabama offered Grant this summer. He goes from number 75 to number 52. So if Grant Bricks in the, in the top 300, if Grant Bricks, the Iowa from lineman from Logan Magnolia, commits to Nebraska – he would be the highest-ranked guy in the recruiting class. Oh, boy. Man. Oh, boy. So that's a big one. At the yeah. number one position of need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll highlight that Big one. tackle. I mean, they have three pretty good interior guys they in this tackles. class. But, they need, yeah, they need, they need the big, big. Priority number one, two, and three right there. I'd say so. Now, there's a lot of question about Dylan, or, um, Daniel Kalen in the rankings. And hmm. Husker fans aren't going to like what I have to share, but – it's my understanding his ranking with on three is where it's at. So he's at 41 in the quarterback rankings right now going into the season. 24-7 has moved him up to 15. Hmm. ESPN has him at 24. Rivals has him at 30. Um, he's an industry four-star, but on three still has him as a three-star quarterback. And I exchanged messages with Charles Power just to get the facts on that. And he said, what do you say? He goes, we're, we're going we're to wait to look at his senior film. We want to see his senior film and what he does um, before, you know, we make any more movement on him. That, well, you know what? That's Bodes good well on Charles. Him. That's good on Charles Power to give you an answer. Yeah, and, and he's been doing this a long time. Like, he, you know, he understands, like, everyone gets mad when their guy drops, but they're happy when your guy – I mean, it, it, is, it comes with rankings of any kind. I mean, simply, you voted in polls for years, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it, hard to do. It's hard. Yeah. You piss people off. I'm, I'm voting this year in the preseason Big Ten poll, and – I'm going to be a voter for the All Big Ten teams, and let me tell you, the All Big Ten voting is tough. Well, linemen—that's <laughs> yeah. where pro football yeah. focus. It's folly when media vote on linemen. Our That's our access to pro football <laughs> focus really helps. Yeah, with, with that like, helps looking at the linemen numbers that no, you just yeah. don't get access to. Yeah, um, I always get a kick out when I was voting for that center. I'm voting for the Michigan left guard. I, I don't know what he. I wouldn't even know him if he walked in the room. Uh, <laughs> well, not, and not just a first, you got to go to like a third team. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Exactly. You know, folly. It's, Give it's me folly. your punter breakdowns. The all Big Ten voting balloting is tough. Yeah. Because there's a lot. In basketball for Robin, he's been a basketball. It's a lot easier for oh, that. Way easier, right? Just less guys. Yeah. I mean, the first team is usually self-explanatory. And then like you're figuring out who makes out the, the end. Like basically you do five. Five players for three teams. So it's 15, 15 guys total. So in no particular order. And then you're player of the year. So it's significantly easier than football. And I dig told- into that film, Sean, of those linemen in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> get into that film. Uh, Look at his but no, you're, you know, you're voting the Cleveland. The only other voter in this 
in this state is Sharp, Greg Sharp. It's just you and Greg Sharp that uh, the vote on the Cleveland.com poll. So it's pretty prestigious. God bless you. The rise continues. Yes, the rise is. <sighs> just a kid from South O, boys. <laughs> 38th and X Street. <laughs> Do a good job on that. All right. Get it in on time. All right. When we come back, um, we are going to have some fall camp preview discussion. Uh, I want to talk quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. Uh, we've run those position pieces. We're a little bit ahead of schedule this year in our positional previews, and we've dropped some of those out over the last week. Uh, we'll share some thoughts on those three position groups next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Before we get into fall camp positional preview, this segment of the Husker Online Show, Steve Sipple, brought to you by... Larson Motors. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors. It's in Nebraska City. Yes, Nebraska City. It's one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location. So, finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. So, start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com. That is LarsonMotorGroup.com. Or just go to Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, real deals. All right, uh, guys, let's get into the fall camp discussion. We've rolled out the positional previews for quarterback, running back, receiver, a few more. I want to start with these three groups. And I will say that quarterback, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. Um, what's going to happen there? I mean, I guess you can debate, is Chuppa Purdy the number two over Heinrich Harburg right now? And you know, we'll, we'll, you know, I think they're going to take four or five guys into camp where the new walk-on they just added from Iowa Western, um, he'll probably be on the 110 roster. Uh, Wokey uh, will be on there as well, the the transfer they brought. Yeah. Jack Wokey. Jack Wokey. Ole Miss. Came over from Ole Miss. Yeah, you're right. The question is who's number two. But, I mean, right now aren't you guys just per Chubba probably? That's my assumption. Yeah. Just based off, like, the – how insistent the staff was about how he really flipped a switch when he finally got the clear to to participate, like that last two weeks yeah. of spring. He finished spring strong. He showed out. Yeah. And I don't know. I just don't know if Arberg did enough to really be secure in any stretch, especially with the way Purdy came on. Yeah, Satterfield told us in Belton, um, Texas, when we were when we were down there, he, kind of, he was kind of interesting the way he talked about Chubb. He said it doesn't always look pretty. Um, but he's confident that he can move the chains. He's kind of that type of guy. Um, and he said and he said he's also confident that he'll cut down the turnovers. I think his numbers were three touchdown passes, six picks. Um, or that's what, they, that's what they have been. That's not what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. The, the, come on, let's not sugarcoat it. The, the, the concern is how much of a drop-off is there from Sims to the backup? I think that concerns with any team in college football. No, right? not any team. I mean, there's most some, teams. Yeah, most. Like, for, yeah, most. In the in the portal and the NIL era, mm-hmm. it's really hard to have a good number two quarterback. It really is. I mean, Nebraska thought they had. It the, really is. The, you know, the Casey Thompson situation. I mean, that if you're being realistic, <laughs> right. that was too good to be true. Like, there is no way you can carry two Power Five quarterbacks with over 20 starts, even Logan Smothers. Ole Miss is doing it. Like, Logan Smothers yeah. had options. Like, wow. he went in the portal with limited starts, and he had several options. There's some schools out there. I, I mean, I've been, I've, been having to do, I've been having to research some other conferences for this, my other show. There are teams that do have pretty good – surprisingly good quarterback situations. But, Sean, you're right. Most – I mean, Sims and Casey would have been like a dream scenario, yeah. right? I mean, even Sims and Smothers – yeah, like, I think you're feeling pretty good about Smothers oh, as your yeah. number two right now. Yeah, 
Yeah, you would. Like Noah but, Vedrill in a perfect world was like the perfect like guy to back up a big name starter. But Noah Vedrill wanted to be a starter. Absolutely. And he went to Rutgers he and he started. Yeah, it's hard to find guys that would say, I'm okay with being number two. I don't even know if you want that guy that's okay with being number two. I'm okay two. with being the assistant manager. Well, yeah. I want guys that want to be the manager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. But so, yeah, yeah, guys want to go. Now they can eat more easily go find a place to play, and that's what they're doing. Okay, running back. And I think we're all on the same page here. It's probably a co-one situation with Anthony Grant and Gabe Irvin Jr. Or Sipple, are you going to? Here's the thing, Sean. I, I, I don't know. Don't, don't put those words in my mouth. I, I, um, I think I don't know why people are now assuming that Irvin is on the same plane as Anthony Grant because he's never shown it. I mean, it's, we're it's just because of the head coach. Yeah, we're just relying on rule. Um, I, I, I've seen them both play, and Grant's the better running back. Until until Irvin shows you differently, right? Irvin got hurt on the best run he was going to have in his career in the in the twenty twenty one Oklahoma game. He was starting to hit his stride before. It was going to be a forty fifth. That was a long time ago, though. His numbers weren't that great. I mean, he was about to he was about to go to pay dirt on that one run, but that that he blew his knee out. Right. Or I like Irvin. I mean, I like him. He's a he's the kind of running back I like. Big strong, big strong guy. Good presence back there. But I've never seen him look like Grant looked early last year. Well, because he doesn't have, have the opportunities. They didn't well, play him last year. Yeah. Whereas they played Grant like every he down. He played a little bit last year, and he didn't. He Hardly. Didn't, didn't get it done. No. I he mean, didn't. he didn't. He. I mean, Rob, look at the carries. He didn't get it done. So that's what I'm going by. Grant is the guy until Irvin proves otherwise. Isn't it fascinating that they were high school teammates in Buford, Georgia? Yes. Yeah. That is it's fat. I mean, you think about that. that they're from the same high school team. That is amazing. Then Ramir, or Sippa would say, Ramir Johnson, um, he, he's the Can't wild forget card. Him. Can't forget him. I mean, I, I think you just naturally want to forget about Ramir Johnson, but oh, you can't. No. So here's the deal, though. Like, whoever the number one is, I don't know if that necessarily matters all that much because I think they have the luxury of having a true committee because each one of those guys does something different. You know, Grant is the the one guy that can get you the, the tough physical yards. Irvin's a big physical back, but he also has I think he might be able to healthy. run away from people. He's got that speed. They call yeah. him one of the fastest guys on the team. Yeah. And you have Ramir Johnson, who's probably the best pass blocker and best receiver. And, and can who, run away and is from a versatile him. guy. So yeah. I think that what you saw Grant, you know, when he struggled was when that workload, when AJ Allen went down, his the the totality of that workload without having a competent number two started to wear on him and lessened his effectiveness well now you've got three guys that you can comfortably put back there in theory and share that workload to where each one does something different you can give your offense some versatility have different packages and keep everybody fresh so i think that's a luxury that it's been a while i think since nebraska's had that but that's assuming that Irvin is the player that matt rule says he is and ramir johnson actually finds a role to where they can use him yeah, I'm not questioning what rules seen in practice. I mean, I'm just, just going look by at pictures of Gabe Irvin right now. I know, I've seen. He looks that like Derrick Henry. I know, but <laughs> I've seen players bulk up in the summer and, and get a little too excited about it. Quentin Castile. Yeah, I mean, well, he was pretty good actually. <laughs> yeah. But now, see, I would say Ramirez got, or excuse me, Gabe Irvin's got to prove he's better than Ramirez Johnson. I mean, Ramirez. The thing I like about Ramirez Johnson most is he runs with abandon. I mean, I, I was struck. Remember when he first played at Maryland? Do you guys remember that game? Oh, yeah. it, was, it was in a dark stadium. It was during the day, but it seemed like it was at night for some reason. And he um, – I, and I thought, okay, they're putting that little guy in there. This is not, not going to be good. But he, man, he needed surgery too. He attacked. He, he attacks the line of scrimmage for, for that size. He really attacks. I like him. I, I think they got three good backs, mm -hmm. two for sure. That was 2019. Sure. Long time way. ago. Like, yeah. And I remember them putting him in there – and now he got ragdolled a little bit. You, you have to go back and look at it. I don't, I don't expect you to take my word for it. I watched it close because I was fascinated. They ran him inside, and he attacked. But it didn't take – I mean, you know, those big linemen got hammered a little bit. It's hard to do that over 12 games. It is. But All right. he's a tough dude. He's for, a tough dude. Finally, he's, a tough, he's a tough customer now. Uh, finally, wide receiver. And we did a projected depth chart, but, again – We've kind of backed off of doing the projected depth charts because there's so many uncertainties with how guys are grouped and labeled. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's confusing, I think, for all involved trying to make sure we do this right. And we want to do it right. You know, and uh, Billy Kemp, I think we all agree, and Marcus Washington, those are your one, two receivers right now. Yep. 
I think Xavier Betts and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, those are the next guys. Then you start to get into conversations about maybe some of the freshman guys. Mm-hmm. Where do they factor in? Maybe some of the walk-on players behind the scenes. Uh, one of the Bullocks or Ty Han could factor Ty Han. in there. Ty Han and the Bullocks are definitely prominent. You got Fleeks in there too, Josh Fleeks. Yeah, and, and Fleeks is a wild Fleeks. card because he's yeah. an older player. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, same age as Garrett McGuire, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just don't ever hear him talked about no. at all. Yeah. So we're, But I do think Malachi Coleman and – Jaden Doss. I mean, there's a lot of talent in that freshman receiver room. Did you mention Betts? Yeah. Yeah, Xavier Betts. Like, Robert and I, I think both – I don't know if we're – I said Xavier Betts could have the most receiving touchdowns this year. It wouldn't surprise I me. I could see that. Because Billy Kemp me. might have the most catches, right. but he's not going to be – you know, Xavier Betts is going to have the longer touchdown plays because he's the if fastest. He, yeah. Garcia Castaneda is fast, though, too. And Marcus Washington. Yeah, I, put, I think I said in the chat that was a question of who was going to lead the team receiving touchdowns. I think I said Washington just because I think he's going to be on the field a lot, mm-hmm. and he kind of brings that he could. element that Kemp might not. I don't know. Washington, I didn't really have a, a real confident answer on that. So Washington, though, has never been an outright number one in his no. career. And what is he, a six-year? For sure he's a senior. So I don't know if he's a fifth or a six-year right now. I think right he's now. fifth, Sean. Um, he's a senior, though, um, with COVID involved in that year. So at this stage of life, is he all of a sudden to become a true number one? Or is he going to be just a good number two? I, right. I, I kind of regard Kemp as their number yeah, one. Me too. Yeah, but me too. But I, if you notice, Phil Steele ranked the draft-eligible players at each position. And he had Marcus Washington, the highest-ranked Nebraska receiver. In fact, Kemp wasn't ranked. Washington was 42nd. Yeah. Um, so – I don't know what that means. Maybe maybe Phil Steele's looking at Kemp's size. And I think saying, that's got to be. That's most Kemp, obvious. Yeah. Kemp initially declared for the draft, too, at Virginia. Okay. And maybe he didn't hear what he wanted to hear, right? Yeah, then, then he went in the portal, and then that's when Nebraska picked him up within a few days. Mm-hmm. So, But, all right, when we come back, we're going to take questions in the mailbag. Abby Barmore will join us next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple. Let's welcome in the world-famous Abby Barmore, the most popular person in the YouTube comments every week on the Husker <laughs> Online Show. Abby, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. All right. Well, we got a mailbag here this week, and surprisingly, lots of questions, Abby, here as we sit in mid-July. Yes. All right. Our first one. So there's going to be an inside linebacker battle between Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, and John Bullock. Who's going to play? Who doesn't make it? And is there room for all three of them? Boy, that's a good what question. about MJ Sherman? Is he not kind of, I mean, like, does he count as a linebacker I, too, though? And we're going to do a lot as of a this. Linebacker, yeah. They're moving guys but around. But he's a jack is what yeah. we try to. We try to do this thing where we, we attach positions to guys and you can with a lot of them, but some of them it's hard to do. And the the stock answer the coaches will keep saying is we, we train guys to play everywhere. Yep. Yeah. As far as that goes, though, Abby, one thing, I did talk to Nick Hendricks today. Um, he's only he's only been cleared f- to go full go for two weeks. I mean, he's still – but he's full go. I mean, he's ready, he, and he can't wait. It was a long eight-month grind to get to where he's at, and it was a dark – he said it was a dark period. It was hard. Remember, he got hurt at Purdue last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a significant injury. Yeah, knee injury, ACL. It was an, it was a, it was an ACL, bad ACL. So it was in October. Um, I think it was, that was mid-October when they played Purdue when we were out there. But he's back. But Bullock had a big spring, you know. Reimer's Huge. Reimer. Reimer will probably finish his career as Nebraska's all-time third-leading tackler. Third? Third. Behind Levante behind Murtaugh, and No, no, behind Barrett and Murtaugh. Because Levante only had two seasons. Right. Behind Barrett, Rude, and Jerry Murtaugh. Um, he's on pace to do that. He'll probably do it. Wow. It's, it's Think about that. So, yeah, it's stiff competition there. Now, he'll have five years of on-the-field play, though. But his first year wasn't – didn't do – didn't do 2019. Much. Yeah, didn't do all that much. It wasn't a full year. Still, like it, it, I mean, what he's done is really – I don't want to say remarkable, but it's really impressive. Is he a senior, Reimer? Or yeah, Reimer's a senior. Okay. So to to the question, I think yes, there is room for all of them. I do too, especially with the way they move guys around, and they need to sub more at that position too. You can't have two guys playing seven hundred plus snaps. One hundred percent. So more bodies, the better. Yeah. All right, you know, and I'll say this about Bullock. I want to. Rule has kind of hinted that they need to get faster at linebacker, mm-hmm. and I think we all that. can agree 
they haven't been the fastest their last couple of years. No. And that's where if you're going to start to handicap an edge for Bullock over Henrich or Heinrich, it's the speed. Yeah, not Reimer. Reimer's got speed. Reimer's got speed. Yeah, He's, Reimer. I mean, he was a legit track runner. He was a 10-9 guy in high school. But that's where Bullock making the move from safety to linebacker you know, and he's healthy and he's fresh. Like mm-hmm. he he might have an edge, but the, they're going to need to play all those guys. I must rob it on this. They need they they have needed to sub there yeah, more. The drop off between starters and depth at inside linebackers has been a problem for a while. Yep. Barrett Rude never was able to sub. No, he always talked about wanting to play four guys, and he played two. Yep. The only time he played one was when Colin Miller got a concussion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Yep. So they had to start playing. I mean, there were guys. there were years where guys were playing close to a thousand snaps mm-hmm. on defense. It was that's like not what you want. Yeah, Quentin Newsom and Boodle and some of those guys were playing like in the nine hundred. Listen, that's the kind of stuff you can do in the AAC, in the American mm-hmm. Athletic Conference. This is the Big Ten. It's a lot. It's a lot harder to do. Yeah, when you're playing in Madison in early November. Yeah. Mid-November, you better have some fresh bodies on that defense, yeah. especially on the front seven. Yep, 100. All right, next one. With the hot recruiting run that the Huskers are on, are they planning to save a few spots for higher-ranked recruits to have an option to commit during the season? I don't think you can be that selective. I just think you got to take good players when they're available to you. I don't know if Nebraska's in a position to hold off anybody right now. And that's where Rule makes the big bucks to, f- to figure things out, like, you can't get worked up and freak out about the numbers. If they are, if there are good football players that want to come to Nebraska within reason, they will make it work. That's my. That's, it, wouldn't you say it's easier to make it work than ever with NIL? Yeah. Um, the ability to like move around guys. That's like, what I mean. Okay, like here's an example. They put Borkature and Bullock on scholarship right now. They're on the 85. A year from now. You might be over, and you can say we're going to move you off the eighty-five, but we're going to you're going to enter into some. Then that they would enter into their own NIL agreement. The money they would be paid in NIL would be commensurate with a scholarship, right? And it, but it has to be players like that. There, there's not every player is eligible to kick over. Oh, like okay. you have to either be a walk-on that goes to scholarship, or I believe graduated. Or I mean, there's hmm. you know, like Timmy Bleakroad though, like not eligible to go to NIL right now. I mean, hmm. there's there's different parameters because otherwise everybody would I mean you, you could theoretically have unlimited scholarship players you know if you mm. if you could kick everyone over to NIL yeah interesting all right in that same vein with Nebraska making the final list for Brandon Baker and Nathaniel Frazier do you actually think the Huskers have a shot at these guys it's going to be tough um, Baker doesn't plan to take an official visit to Nebraska I'm in the camp that it's really hard to get a guy like that to commit without a true official and what is this timeline? It's said to be sometime this summer. So we'll see. Frazier has taken some trips. He's been to Oregon. He's been to Alabama. Um, he's been a lot of places. He really liked Nebraska. Um, and Nebraska is one of the first teams that offered him, you know, at the beginning of it all. But, man, he's the number one running back in the country. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm with Sean, especially at a place like Nebraska. Like, the visit is so critical, for, a pl- for especially with players like that, that have been there and done it in the recruiting process. The separator is being on campus, especially during the fall, seeing mm-hmm. a game, getting that full experience of what it actually means to be a Nebraska football player. And without that, it's just hard to sell. God, those guys were impressed with this place. So there's, oh. I'll never go back on that. Nate Frazier and Brandon Baker. I mean, they sat in this. And that room. was when it was dead here. Imagine that's. I think what would put it over the top is if they saw the full yeah. effect. So you give the staff credit for getting them in here and they and making an impression on them. I bet I get it. Some people are gonna say, "Oh, that's great." What's it mean? They made an impression. Well, first of all, it's not over yet. So I don't. They. I think they. There's got to be a chance. Um, but you got you got to put yourself in position at least, you know. It's it, how often is it going to be easy to get a tackle like Brandon Baker or the number one running back in the country? It's never going to be too. In easy. the Callahan era, that year in 05, they got those guys. They did, but it probably wasn't easy. No, I mean you had John Blake, mm-hmm. and John Blake had to beat Pete Carroll in the peak of USC's dynasty to get Marlon Lucky. But you were, you know you were only four years removed from playing in the national championship game. Correct. It was a, it was a lot different. A lot different. A I way mean, different. Think situation. about Indomik and Sue now as a recruit. How hard it would be to get him to Nebraska. Right. I mean, the, the, it's changed. The loot, as you have said, Sean, and you're right. 
the losing has sort of caught up with Nebraska in a very noticeable way in recruiting. Because those visits were effective, but the bottom line is the results are there, what's happened on the field. and you Can't sell winning right now. No, and if, if a guy's looking at Michigan time. and Nebraska, you almost look at him like, oh, wait, wait a second. Do I want to play in the college football playoff or do I want to hope right. to get into the El Paso Bowl? Or and what should scare the <laughs> hell out of you what? is Ernest Hausman type situations yeah. where you actually get a you guy can't... right and then he goes in the portal and Ohio State, Michigan, and Iowa are his three official visits. Jeez. I mean, that's what scares you. Like, what if Carlon Jones is really good? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, A&M wants him. Yeah. Which is a lot closer to Bay City than, than, than the yeah. 12th man collectives involved with A&M. I mean, it, yeah. that's where we're heading with college football. And back to Nate Frazier, I will say, probably one of my favorite recruits I've dealt with and interacted with in years. I mean, Why he, is that? This is personality yeah. and, and how fun he was to be around and talk to. Um, you know, I just – I'll be a fan of him wherever he goes because I really, really thought highly of him and his family. And well, Brandon too. And Brandon, oh yeah, in for a sure. different sort of way. He's more laid back, cerebral, more. Yeah, very cerebral, but very genuine. Those are the kind of kids you want in your program from in an intangible sense. They're they're just you. I've been around Brand Baker enough to know. Good kid, smart kid. They're get they get whoever's getting him is going to get a cerebral player who cares about what he's doing. All right, Abby. Final question. Okay, our last one. This is a story time one, so prepare yourselves. <laughs> Which oh former Nebraska assistant coach is your favorite on and off the field? It's a big one. Former assistant coach, favorite on on or off the field? Assistant coach. You could, you could go hoops if yeah. you want. Okay. If you want. All right. Uh, I always had a really good time, and that's not favorite because there's a lot of them I like, but the one media pops out was Michael Lewis. Oh, yeah, you did have a good relationship. Now the head coach at Ball State. He was just hilarious, just like this real rough-around-the-edges guy. that Blue-collar. Yeah, had had a bit of a shell to him, but once you got past that shell, he was hilarious, and his family was super great. So, yeah, I'll go Michael Lewis for basketball. I like that. There's a lot of really good ones. He played for Bob Knight. Yeah. The last Bob Knight point guard in – we had um, a good night in Kilroy's with them a couple years ago, right? We did. In Indy? Yep. In Indy? Downtown Indy. Downtown Indy. $2 Coors night, Light Night. This is Sean thinking everybody knows what Kilroy's is. It's a, it's a renowned sports bar. In Indy. In Bloomington as well. They have well, a located. Whatever. I mean, no, um, it's... Yeah. Interesting. Okay, Sean, who's yours? <sighs> that, this is a hard one because you, know, you get to know... I mean, we've had a lot of guys come through here as coaches over the years. Um I mean, John Blake early on mm-hmm. was a guy I got to know really well. Mm-hmm. Like, and we John talk, Blake, we a- talked R- a lot. R.I.P. And and just how much he loved. I, I really believe what John Blake did in '05 played a big factor in captivating the imagination of Husker fans with recruiting, and you know, getting all those recruits in that one year. I mean, think about this in '05. He beat Oklahoma head-to-head for Tulsa linebacker Philip Dillard, four-star. He beat L.A. head-to-head mm-hmm. for running back Marlon Lucky out of North Hollywood against USC. He beat Tennessee for Nashville defensive end four-star Barry Turner. And he beat Miami, Mississippi State, and Oregon for defensive lineman and Dominican Sioux. Mm-hmm. In one recruiting cycle. Man, oh, look at that. There he is right there. There's the Blakesta. Um and he almost got Reggie Smith here, which is amazing. I mean, Reggie Smith was a really, really good player, but that's one early on um, for me. I, I think you know, I always really liked John Papuchis, thought highly of him, um, had a good relationship with, with Coach JP uh, when he was here under Bo. I mean, the Riley era just seems like, like a flash in the pan. It's hard to even mm-hmm. remember much um, from that time frame when Riley was here. Yeah, mine is my story time. I mean – I had a love-hate relationship with McBride. We almost we almost got in a fist fight one time <laughs> in front of people, um, and it was a legitimate like. Did weird. he grab you? It, he chased me. Um, <laughs> and he we, chased me into it. But you weren't scared. No, yeah, I wasn't scared. The only reason the I ran, story, right? the only reason I got out of there is because there was a lot of pe- a lot of players around, and I didn't want there to be a scene. Um, <laughs> but he then I walked home. Or not home, back to the Journal Star. And he came up in his pickup and said, hey, get in. And I, and I just let him have it. I was like, just get the hell away from me. Don't ever, you know. And, and then from that moment on, we always had a good relationship. But the best probably was George Darlington. I mean, it was, 
he taught me so much about football, and he is incredibly patient. Um, you know, I didn't play the sport, so there's still a lot I don't know. And George was always, always there to answer. I, I mean, and he's super smart and, and very – you talk about cerebral. Um, and he's still – he's still – like you run him into the press box. You run, him, run into him at halftime. Oh, yeah. It almost – it's almost like an appointment because – he can break down what happened in about two sentences that are very meaningful, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, super smart football guy. Those guys see the game way differently than we see. No it. doubt. All right, when we come back, we'll close the show with some basketball talk. Uh, a lot of Huskers in the NBA Summer League recruiting still rolling. Robin will give some thoughts on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sippel. We just learned who's going to Big Ten Media Days. Before we get into that, I want to update you on Husker basketball. A lot going on on recruiting, new offers, new visitors. Tease that there's Husker players in the NBA Summer League. So um, it is the slow time, but not for Nebraska basketball right now, Robin. Well, they still have two open scholarships and not much movement on that front. Um, they're being... Very particular with the types of guys they go after. They've you know reached out to several players that have hit the portal, but really nothing of substance of that yet. And I've talked about before, they're not in any rush. Like even the Spain trip, I don't think that's any sort of deadline for them to add um, a spot. So it's got to be the right player. It's got to be the right fit on mm-hmm. and off the court for that. And you know it's just got to be right time, right place. So we'll see that they can add all the way up until the, the start of the semester. So, um, and if they don't worst case scenario, they take both of those scholarships into the season, probably give one to somebody like Sam Hoiberg for a semester for a full season, and then have two open spots for the 24 class, which segue they're already actively recruiting for. Um, yeah, they have one commitment in Nick Janowski, uh, one of the top players in Wisconsin that they got earlier this uh, spring, summer new offer from a quote unquote in state recruit at McCook, Community College out uh, in the panhandle, Noah Boyd, B-O-Y-E-D, Boyd. Uh, he's initially originally from St. Lucia, beautiful You're island. You're kidding me. I've been there. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he is, is a beautiful somehow island. went from St. Lucia to McCook and is a seven-foot center who is really starting to come on the radar on the recruiting scene. Uh, Nebraska offered him on Tuesday and uh, averaged about 10 points 11 points eight rebounds two blocks per game last season Hmm. but seven foot really good athleticism Hmm. he's got coordination you know his feet are a lot better than most seven footers nebraska's recruited in the past so i'm what i'm really interested though is he's got the familiarity where he's he comes to lincoln to train with uh thomas villianco who we had on the mcgowan show last summer uh so there's a a familiarity there with lincoln with the the city and whatnot that i think nebraska was smart to make that offer because power fives are starting to offer him schools like kansas have been sniffing around a little bit so another instance of nebraska getting on the ground floor with a guy that is probably going to see his recruitment take off as he enters his second season of junior college wow. but beyond that um you know july uh is uh, evaluation month where there's three live periods they just had peach jam this past weekend um, there's gonna be f- two more live periods this weekend and the next weekend and then the aau season comes to a close and once that happens for the 24 recruits that's where you're gonna see lists get trimmed down official visits start to get set up and we'll start to know who the top targets are for that 24 class for nebraska going forward well, that's a lot, Rob. That that's a that's a that's a ton. All right, it is, it is a busy time, and you got some guys. You got some guys that have just gotten to campus too, right? Bryce Williams. So uh, they had a guy arrive, Bryce Williams. He f- finished up the the last remaining academics. He had to do at uh, Charlotte. So he got here, uh, I think, last week, and is fully in in off season workouts. Um, you know, early reports have been good. Um, he's got you know some just work to do with his easing into everything over here, um, but. Uh, good news is that he's here. No issues with that. They do uh, are missing two of their top players in Rink Mass and Kese Tomonaga, who are both overseas playing with their respective national teams, Japan and the Netherlands, training for the FIBA World Cup this summer. So, when do they get back? Uh, depends how well they do. Uh, it could be uh, mid-August, late August, because I think the finals go all the way into early September. So 
I don't think either team is expected to go that far, but you never know. But probably they're, they're certainly going to miss Spain, and they might miss the first couple weeks of the semester, depending on how their teams do. Well, they're hooping, so right. know, they're but playing. Two veteran guys, too. Yeah. yeah, and they're playing against some of the best players in the world. Like, they're playing with and against NBA players. All right, guys, a couple announcements that came out okay. um, as we were taping this show. I want to close on uh, Big Ten Media Days. Nebraska announces their three representatives. Quarterback Jeff Sims. Offensive lineman Ethan Piper, linebacker Luke Reimer. Uh, Quentin Newsom was there a year ago, not going to make a repeat appearance, which I'm okay with. I, th- I think it's a thing that, you know, unless you have an elite household first team all Big Ten guy, um, let another guy experience that. Luke Reimer makes a lot of sense. Reimer didn't go last year, right? Mm-mm. No, he's, there. he's been their leading tackler the last two years by a long way. I mean, it makes complete sense to take Reimer. And I think Sims, too. I mean, I, I know he's never started a game at Nebraska, but if you're taking a frontline offensive guy, I mean, who are you taking? Yeah. Sims. Exactly. I mean, Anthony Grant, Gabe Irvin. Yeah. I mean, no. Jeff Sims at we'll, least. We'll talk about Gabe Irvin for on that in this context. Yeah, Grant would be the only next right. logical guy. He's never start. Well, I guess he started. I mean, you could bit. even argue like Camp and Washington. But I think with the offensive line, Sims. to go with Piper over, over Corcoran, over – I mean, Ben Hart doesn't like doing interviews. But it must – it tells you right now that they think that Piper could be one of those starting guards. Yeah, I think you automatically jump to that conclusion that, you know, with that left guard spot, I'm assuming that's where he ends up. He's, he's the front runner. So – um, no real surprises outside of, of Piper. I think. So who would Piper be battling for left guard? Who are we talking about? Um, let me pull up. Our well, uh, do it, Sean. Pull it up. You can do this. Corcoran. Okay. Well, it matter. Does Prohaska yeah. beat out Corcoran? Okay. Like I, we, ha- I mean, I think we're assuming that happens, but we don't really. Do we know that's going to happen? No. So you're putting Nordine on the right side. Yes. Nordine Nuelli. Yes. Okay. Even though Nuelli played the left side right. the year before. So I, I think there's a lot of flexibility there. Um, like on our on our projected depth chart, we have Newelli at left guard. See, that's what that's what uh, Because that's where that's he's where played. My confusion came that's in. where he started before. Right. Where did you say where did you get Newelli at right? I don't know. I just assume Piper oh. was left guard. Yeah. Um, we don't need a mint. Well, I mean it doesn't I, I Piper would say played this. go ahead. Pi- yeah, we have Piper at right guard okay. with Lato- yeah, Latoski too. Yeah. Okay. So Piper, I don't look at this as okay. He's a starter. He's he's going to be in. He's in the he's in the running. He's in the picture. He's got to win the job. He's in the mix. He's also very well spoken. Yeah, this is what I remember about Piper, and I really appreciated this. He came up to one of those press conferences late last year when that line was just it just takes a beating in the media, right? But Piper came up to the weekly press conference and faced the music, and and he did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that. But Turner does that, too. Turner Corcoran has done that. There's guys that do it. Piper handles it really well. He's very well-spoken, as most offensive linemen are. I mean, generally, though, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. I've always thought of that position group as the smartest guys on the team. I mean, they're usually the smartest guys on the team. Is that, am I offending you, Abby? Uh, <laughs> that, that, so I guess it makes sense from that standpoint. And then finally, fan day set. July 31st, which is the opening day of practice from 3 to 5, Fan Day will be inside the Hawk Center. It won't be outdoors. Uh, They're moving it indoors. So for the zoo that we've seen that thing become over the years, um, it's going to be even a lot crazier. Uh, The first 400, not the first, or only 400 people at random, and they, they have to be children can get Matt Rule's autograph, and they'll, they'll do a, a drawing, oh, really? a selection yeah. process. It can only be fans entering eighth grade and younger. So no, no dudes carrying a garbage bag sack full, full of, balls. of Husker football helmets. A what? A duffel bag? <laughs> yeah. Remember they, they used to have the luncheon at Big Ten Media Days, and they forced the coaches and the players to do an autograph thing as a part of that luncheon. And what it turned into, if you were like a collector, I mean – it was like going on a guided hunting trip with all the animals laid out right in front of you. I mean, <laughs> you just went around and got every single Big Ten coat. Like, guys came in with, like, bags of stuff. Well, it was gross. And, and <laughs> there were, there were oh, like, man. no kids. or fa- It was just, like, professional collectors. And every Big Ten coach and the top players had to sit down for, like, an hour. Yeah, those dudes are just, like, vultures running around the hotel lobby, like, waiting for any player or coach. Hey, can you sign this? <laughs> just a racket. Well, they make money on eBay. Of course they do. Interesting. But anyway, July 31st, 
inside the Hawk Center, fan day, 3 to 5 p.m. I know where not to be on July 3rd. Well, hopefully, <laughs> I'll be curious what our media access is. If we have access that day or how it's yeah. all going to play out. But that will be the, the, the team reports July 30th. Um, they're going to move in the dorms, remember. That's going to be another story. Uh, Big story. Move-in day at the Selleck Dorm Building. Mm-hmm. Big story. All right. Well, make sure you stay on HuskerLine.com. We have a lot going on this weekend. Um, and we are edging closer to Big Ten Media Days and the start of fall camp. For Abby Barmore, Steve Sippel, Robin Washett, thanks again for watching. I'm Sean Callahan. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.